Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. to Saturday night this past week, or you didn't pay attention to Gridiron Guys last week, just be glad you're here this week. See, for those of you who were here last Saturday, you know damn well why I'm still celebrating this past weekend. If you were on and listened to the Gridiron Guys last week to JT and myself, missing Tate last week, I'm happy to say Tate's with us this week. If you listen, you're celebrating. You had a great, great week, and you see why. We are the fastest-growing fantasy podcast out there right now, folks, because we prove it week in, week out since we started coming to you. I'm so pumped, even on a night where, well, Rams – 49ers edition, St. Louis travels to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Interesting. We'll get to that. We'll break that down. Also, the week two review, what happened? What does it mean? What does it mean to your fantasy team? What are some of the early trends? What are some of the early players that myself, JT, and Tate are telling you, take a look at trends are forming, good or bad, And also, who's in the wings? Who's waiting down the road? So sit back, relax, grab yourself something cold to drink, and enjoy the next hour as we take you right up to the 49ers-Rams game. And uh, I'll tell you, where would I be? First, let's bring him in. You know he's on every damn podcast with me. And uh, I can't can't think of anybody. Again, I, I tell everybody, listen. Listen to what he says. Both these guys on here are the few people in this world that I've ever listened to fantasy-wise. And if that sounds a little cocky, I really don't care, but it's true. There are very few people that I'll actually say, you know what, let me see what he says about it. I don't go to a lot of people. You know why? Because I'm a jester. That's why. But if I am going to go to anybody, anybody, and I play in a lot of leagues, known a lot of people, it's these two guys I'm about to bring in. So let's get them in here. Let's get the show started. Pay attention to what we're going to throw down now. First, coming to you from Texas is the one, the only, the aforementioned JT, Jason Townsend. What's up, man? Jester, what's up? Uh, Last day of summer, officially getting into fall, starting at midnight tonight. Football season, I'm ready to roll. Fall and football, two great things. Hockey can't be far behind for you hockey fans. No, it's yeah, not. We've been talking about that. Another guy who likes football, likes his hockey, and uh, coming to you also from Texas tonight, one of the great – I'm telling you, pay attention. You know, one of the things about Tate Dell, I'm going to tell you right now, okay, besides – you know, we've mentioned before, if you're a fan of the Fantasy Justice Show, you already know how JT feel about uh, him, his family, great people. But the problem has been is getting him on the show and, and wanting him on here because he throws down some really good knowledge for all of you folks. And I'm very happy to have him on. 
Folks, let's go ahead. Let's get him in here. Tate, how are you tonight, man? Great to have you. I'm great. Glad to be back after missing last week. Last minute uh, thing came up, wasn't able to be on. I apologize for that. But I'm glad to be back, excited to talk some football and share some knowledge with all the listeners. Cool, cool. Let's get, and you know what? Let's not even waste any time because we had a fun time last week. Let's go a little recap. Let's see what we might be giving people a look at. Look at. Tate, last Thursday, let's start off with last Thursday's game, Houston-Cincinnati. Go ahead, break it down, brother. Well, Houston-Cincinnati, what we saw was both of these guys, their defenses aren't as bad as they looked the first week, especially for Houston against Jacksonville. But uh, we get, we got both of these teams are struggling on the offensive side. A uh, couple notes would be if you're looking at a running back, Dante Foreman for long term from uh, Houston. Somebody to look at, Lamar Miller, probably break down here eventually or pass the ball over to Foreman somewhat. And I heard a little snippet this week that in Cincinnati, they're not comfortable with the three-headed monster at the running game. So maybe looking to uh, knock one of those guys some carries and touches out of there. So keep an eye on that uh, running back situation with uh, Mixon, Bernard, and Jeremy Hill as to which two of the three will be the primary guys. I'm I'm betting on Mixon and Hill. Okay. All right. Yeah, and And you know know, what? Go ahead, JT. You want to throw something? I got to say. I got to say, we, we talked about it Saturday night. Uh, Mr. Zampese, he's shown the door. Uh, I just don't get it. The only guy in that game that showed any kind of electricity for Cincinnati was John Ross on a 15-yard end around. Yeah, he gets hit. Yeah, he fumbles the ball and he disappears. Nobody's perfect, guys. Uh, John Ross looks like an exciting talent. But I mentioned this back in the preseason. It is a- Andy Dalton struggles. Don't be surprised if A.J. McCarron gets his opportunity. Andy Dalton has been the definition of struggle Andy Dalton might be a sneaky ad at some point here because there's some serious weapons on that offense. If McCarron gets a shot, I don't think he gives it back. You know, uh, that's you've been saying uh, McCarron for a while, and yeah, this is, I would imagine, this is Dalton's last opportunity to go ahead and do something. From what I'm hearing, they're going to go a lot of uh, quick throws, a lot of three-step and out, three-step and out. And again, we've talked about it, uh, and Tate mentioned it. Uh, I, I can't, I can't see them going with the three-headed and the most talented guy back there is Mixon. As far as Houston, you know, Definitely. Tate again nailed it nicely on this one, folks. Pay attention to the tea leaves. He was talking about Dante Foreman. Okay, you, you got to listen to the coach. Don't listen to myself. Don't listen to Tate. Don't listen to Jake. Listen to the coach. The coach said earlier in the season, I'm not ready to proclaim him the hero just yet. And he was being tough on the kid, but listen to those last words, just yet. So, in other words, he's expecting it. Good guy to give, uh, Tate. Good guy to give. Uh, JT, Cleveland, Baltimore. Go ahead. Stop bringing it down for us. Cleveland Browns. Version 1 in Cleveland Browns 2.0. The Ravens versus the Browns. Uh, when I look at this game, I look at a team in Baltimore that had 32 rushes, 34 passes. That's the kind of balance that they want to use. They want to win with their defense, run the football, throw when they have to. But what I do look at is a lot of people are interested in Javarius Allen, 14 carries, 66 yards. The thing I look at on that is he had a long of 37. So if I take that out, the guy had 13 carries for 29 yards the rest of the game. To me, that's not consistent. The one guy, I'm going to give you a sneaky guy to look at. We mentioned that he was signed last week, and Alex Collins, seven carries, 42 yards, along with 16. So he had six carries for 28 the rest of the way. That's four yards a carry. This is the only guy on the team, in my opinion, at this point going forward. I know everybody loves Buck Allen, loves Buck Allen. We've seen Buck Allen two years in a row. We've seen him have a stretch of good games, and then the guy disappears. So if you're looking for a sneaky ad, Alex Collins on the Ravens' side, We look at what Cleveland did on offense. Isaiah Crowell, yet again, 10 carries, 37 yards, long of 17. Do the math. The guy's just not getting it done. Neither's Duke Johnson. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser got migraines, left the game for about a quarter and a half, came back, probably shouldn't have three interceptions, no touchdowns. At this point, the Cleveland offense is uh, is definitely something to avoid. Uh, If Josh Gordon, we find out today, Josh Gordon's going to be coming back soon, that might be someone, again, Stash it now. Last man on your bench. It's not going to cost you anything. But uh, looking forward to that. Alex Collins is the guy from this game 
that I'm adding to my roster. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, taking a look at it, too, uh, let me ask you something. Any thoughts on uh, Sammy Coates? You like him? No? Waste of time? I like what we saw from Sammy Coates in Pittsburgh. I uh, like we saw from him Pittsburgh. We need to see him get the opportunity. Uh, you know, Higgins, seven for 95, was the lead dog in the receiving core. Uh, this guy's not a number one receiver. I think Sammy Coates is closer to that, so definitely worth a, a perspective add at this point. Playing Indianapolis this week on top of that. Nice, nice. Good job. I, I Right on. And it, you know what? Even if I wanted to add something, I, I couldn't. Good job on that one, uh, JT. Very nice. And this is what I'm talking about, folks. Get used to this from uh, all of us here. We break this shit down for you. And speaking of breaking it down, go ahead, Tate. Hit it. Chicago, Tampa Bay. What do you have, my friend? Well, Chicago, Tampa Bay, uh, another uh, not so much of a barn burner for the uh, Bears. The uh, Bucks pretty much shut them down. But the bright side is uh, Tariq Cohen looking to uh, go out there and continue. He's eight catches for 55 yards. Looks like he's uh, he also had seven carries for 13 yards. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. Jordan Howard kind of nursing a little bit of bangs and bruises here and there. But uh, Tariq Cohen, a guy to keep your, keep your eye on with them. And uh, with Tampa, it just keeps going with Mike Evans. Deshaun Jackson finally showed up this week in Tampa with 339, three catches for 39 yards. But uh, O.J. Howard, kind of a sneaky guy to, for a lot of people, drafted him with high hopes. He had one catch for 17 yards. I think uh, Jameis Winston starts looking a little more to him in the long term. But uh, keep an eye on him. And Jaquiz Rogers obviously filling in for uh, Doug Martin. But uh, once Martin comes back, it's going to be a little more of a contest at their, in the running game there for those two. Let me ask you something, though, because um, I see a lot of people bailing on Jordan Howard, uh, fantasy-wise. I see a lot of people offering him up. Is, is he? Do you give him up? I mean, uh, or are you are, are you a buyer or a seller of Jordan Howard right now uh, as the season progresses? I think with Jordan Howard, it, he's already nursing some injuries. Um, I'm not completely sold on him as the number one guy there, I think it's Tariq Cohen's job to win at this point. And it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of time. I think you don't necessarily bail on him yet, but at the same time, it's Cohen's job. It's just a matter of time. Yes, sir. If you don't mind me, I got to throw something in there on that. Tariq Cohen, five foot six. I look at him, the same comment we saw from Jay Gruden in regards to Chris Thompson in Washington. He's just too small to give it to him 20, 25 times a game. You're going to get him killed. At this point, the Bears need Jordan Howard to remain the lead dog. Otherwise, I think you limit the effectiveness of Tariq Cohen as the season goes along. So you're a buyer? Oh, absolutely. Are you a buyer of Doug Martin? I am a buyer of Doug Martin. Uh, Doug Martin's Doug Martin, if you listen, if you watched Hard Knocks this offseason, Doug Martin's got a fire. I think he finally got the wake-up call the guy needed. Uh, uh-huh. I think he sees what he has in front of him, and I think the guy's got a passion that I haven't seen from Quiz. Uh, Peyton Barber's another guy I like in that backfield. But right now, I think Martin's by far the, the, the lead dog in that backfield, as he should be. Yeah, and uh, I'm just going to throw this one in here real quick for everybody. Everybody thinks Martin is under a long-term contract. Actually, that contract, they can void it anytime they want because of his suspension. So he is actually playing for his career either at Tampa or somewhere else, playing for a career somewhere, and that final big check that he's going to be able to get. So some interesting uh, side notes to his incentive. Uh, going ahead, uh, what do we have next? We have JT, right? You're up. Yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota, Philly. I mean, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Talk about a a tale of two weeks or a tale of two quarterbacks in this case for a Vikings fan. Uh, Sam Bradford lighting it up the week before 32 out of 37, getting everybody involved, Thielen, Diggs, Dalvin Cook, Rudolph. And then about 20 minutes before the game, or maybe a little more than that, depending on who you are, you find out it's Case Keenum. Case Keenum is what he is. He is a middle-of-the-road journeyman backup quarterback that, you know, Adam Thielen, 5 for 44 this week. Stephon Diggs, 2 for 27. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 12 for 64, showing that he is exactly what the Jester said the guy is because that defense in Pittsburgh knew he was going to get the football, and yet he still performed. 
looking at this team going forward, though, I'm going to recommend sitting Minnesota wide receivers at this point. And as long as Case Keenum is back there, they're just going to be too damn inconsistent for me to play each week. If I flip over to Pittsburgh, you know, Le'Veon Bell, everybody was worried, 10 for 32. What's wrong with Le'Veon Bell? This week, 27 carries, 87 yards against a very tough Minnesota front seven. Bell looks good. I think Bell, you'll see what you expected from Bell going forward. I did say Martavis Bryant, two touchdowns last week. We'll end up getting 91 and one touchdown. Still led Pittsburgh in receiving. Uh, Antonio Brown fell back to earth 62 yards. Don't expect that to last, though. The guy's just too damn good. So, going forward, I will tell you, Bell owners, I've said it before, I'll say it again, stash James Conner on your bench. You know Bell's injury history. We know his off-field injury or off-field history. Have James Conner because right now he's not going to do anything for you. But going forward, if Bell goes down, this is a guy i got to have on my roster. Great stash. Great stash. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, go ahead. Let's keep let's keep it rolling for everybody. We're on a nice roll, folks. Keep paying attention as we give you these players. Listen to the names that aren't normally said a lot of places. Listen to somebody like JT giving you a James Conner. Listen to Tate giving you a Dante Foreman. Okay, it's looking ahead. It's reading the tea leaves. Everybody's so hyped about the hot guy this week, okay, and not looking down the road. So let's continue on. New England, New Orleans. Tate, what do you have? Well, New England came out this week in uh, week one. They didn't rely on Brady passing. So what did they do week two? Said Brady was mad. Hey, guess what? I'm throwing for 447 yards and three touchdowns, and you can't stop me. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, Mike Gillisley, name to look out. A lot of people were high on him after the three touchdown performance in week one. He did get the 18 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown this week. So it looks mm-hmm. like New England is going with Gillisley as their, their main rushing guy, but he also, he also does catch the ball every once in a while. But James White, the guy, he had eight catches, 85 yards and uh, two cat, two touches for 11 yards on the, on the ground. But uh, he's the guy to maybe look at him as well for uh, replacing with Amendola kind of nursing injuries and uh, what with the other injuries that they've got at wide receiver there. Uh, on, as far as uh, New Orleans goes, you got Adrian Peterson over there whining and complaining about not getting touches. Well, he got eight touches this week for 26 yards. Mark Ingram also had eight touches for 52 yards. And Peterson is just on that the downhill slide. He's going away. The up-and-comer there is Alvin Kamara. He only had one carry, but he's also catching balls. He had three catches for 51 yards this week. Just keep an eye on Kamara. Nice. Yeah, and you know what? Moving forward, uh, Kamara should be the guy. He's showing that he can go ahead and play that role that Adrian Peterson really hasn't been Adrian Peterson for a while. And he's not going to get the touches that he would like to and he's probably not going to get those touches, at the very least, in that backfield or others. There's a lot of backfields he wouldn't be getting the touches that he wants. So, um, sorry, Adrian. That's just the, that's football, man. Hope you enjoyed when you were on top. Plus, you don't go and stare down Sean Payton on the sideline and expect him to give you the ball. Well, there's a lot of coaches that that wouldn't play with. So, uh, and that's certainly somebody that came from the uh, Bill Parcells tree. So uh, I couldn't see that playing well with anybody. Yeah. You think of some of the two big names off the Parcells tree, either him or, or Belichick, uh, neither one would really give a shit. Um, go ahead, JT, you're up Philly KC. What did the uh, uh, game of the week for me? Speaking of Bill Belichick, Peterson. Doug Peterson doing his best Bill Belichick imitation to screw the fantasy overs. LeGarrette Blunt zero carries in this game. Something to note and watch going forward is Darren Sproles paced the Eagles with 10 carries for 48 yards. But let's talk about the number one quarterback in fantasy right now after two weeks. Carson Wentz, 333 yards passing, two more touchdowns, added four carries for 55 yards on the ground. And folks, if you're not starting Carson Wentz, why get him if you can i've seen him available and by the way this was going to go for saturday night's rant but i can't wait 
Mr. Matthew Barry says this week, pick up Carson Wentz. Get him. Go get him. What a great name for him to give us to before he's blown up and become the top quarterback over the last two weeks. Thank you, Matthew Barry, Captain Obvious. Anyway, I'll leave that be. Zach Ertz, five catches, 97 yards. And Alshon Jeffrey with 92 and a touchdown this week. He's starting to come alive. Uh, we flip over to KC. Efficient Alex Smith, 251 and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 13 for 81. Two more touchdowns and 28 mm-hmm. yards receiving the boot. Last but not least, all of you that were worried about Travis Kelsey after week one, eight for 103 and a touchdown. If he can just keep his penalties under control, uh, look for more of that to continue going forward. Uh, and real quick, I have a quick question on you, uh, for you for, about that Philly backfield. You, you mentioned, okay, what's going on with Blount and that Sproles got 10. That's not going to play once it no. gets colder and in Philly. Who do you see becoming that workhorse back in, in that Philly backfield eventually? Well, we don't know if, if Blunt just ran a foul of Peterson. Was this just a, a, a one-game thing? But the guy that I like still going forward is Chris Clement. I think by season's end, he's going to be, the, especially in dynasty leagues, will be the Philly running back to own. And last but not least, we mentioned Matt Collins last week, three catches, 32 yards. Starting to look like they may want to work him into the lineup too, so a sneaky play at wide receivers. Yeah. Yep. Um, nice. Real good. Go ahead. Let's keep keeping it going. Tennessee, Jacksonville, Tate. Well, Jacksonville coming off their big win in week one against Houston. A little bit back down to earth, only put up 16 points this week. Fournette, instead of doing the 100 yards, 14 carries for 40 yards. He did have a touchdown, though. But uh, don't give up on him yet. He will uh, come back around. He'll get his time. Uh the, re- the receivers there, you know, Hearns, Marquise Lee actually had a good game, seven catches for 76 yards, and they're, they're, they are what they are. They'll have good games. They'll have bad games. I still stick with what I said preseason in our opening game, our opening uh, podcast for the season with Blake Bortles as the best garbage time quarterback in the NFL. So if you're looking for somebody, Blake Bortles, if they're, they're playing with a, with a deficit in the third and fourth quarter, Watch Blake Bortles light it up for you. Uh, on the uh, Tennessee side, the interesting thing was Derrick Henry was 14 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. DeMarco Murray only had nine touches, 25 yards. So looking for Derrick Henry to supplant DeMarco Murray probably as the lead back there. And uh, Delaney Walker leading the way for them with receiving a four for 61. So Johnu Smith stepped it up too. And I guy to keep an eye on two catches, 30 yards, and he did have a touchdown where he went uh, with nothing in week one. So maybe they're trying to work him in a little bit as well. So John U. Smith, the guy to keep an eye on. Nice. I'm going to give it to you both. I just want a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We'll talk about this more on Saturday. You were talking about the Jags receivers. They signed Jalen Strong. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Tate. I say thumbs down. It's it's not that time yet. JT? Thumbs down. Couldn't make it in Houston. You're not making it in Jacksonville. Okay. Good. Keeping it going. JT, you're up. Arizona, Indy. Wow. In the uh, Super Bowl, Arizona versus Indianapolis this week, Colts defense showed up a little bit better than I think people anticipated, including myself. Carson Palmer completed 19 balls to eight different receivers. Larry Fitzgerald only coming in with three for 21. That was a little bit of a surprise against the Colts' defense, but as much as I hate doing it, got to give the gesture his due. He called J.J. Nelson. He came out to the tune of five for a buck 20, including a 45-yard touchdown. Uh, I believe he had one of the better fantasy games. Yeah. Um, uh, J.J. Nelson did well? Yeah. Who gave – just – and this isn't for you, and this isn't for Tate, okay? But for some other people out there, uh, who gave J.J. Nelson? Well, actually, you've been talking about J.J. Nelson since before week one, but you stressed him last week going into it. And, again, and don't get me to blow your horn too much here. There's only so much I know I can it, do before it, it I get sick. I know, so. I know. I know. It's all right. So, so anyway, we've enough, of, enough of giving you kudos. That's, that's more than I can handle. That's about all I uh, get, Chris, huh? Oof. Chris C.J., as you call him, 2K in years, 11 for 44, led the uh, Cardinals in rushing. 
Kerwin Williams, a disappointing nine for 22, another one that we mentioned to stay away from. Uh, flipping over to the Colts side, Jacoby Brissett, 20 for 37, 216, not a bad game, also ran for 22 yards. Uh, Doyle, a guy you mentioned again last week, 8 for 79, paced the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, 4 for 49. I love T.Y. Hilton. He's a, a great fantasy receiver. But there has to become a time where you wonder if you could put this guy in your lineup each week. Uh, last but not least, Marlon Mack, a disappointing six for negative three yards, the old Dan Marino rushing line for Marlon Mack last week. Uh, the rookie better get it going, or I think Robert Turbin's going to stay that number two back going forward. Nice. Nice. Now, uh, so are you out there, are, are you really, uh, when, you, when you take a look at the Arizona situation, how, how do you feel about owning a, a Carson Palmer on a team that you know has to throw at this point? Um, yeah, you have, you have to throw the ball. Arizona has to throw the ball. But it's just not seeing the numbers. I mean, it's great that he has to do it, but there needs to be some kind of production out there. Personally, uh, as we answered a question earlier, when you have leagues where you have Alex Smith and Jay Cutler, guys like that available, I would rather mm-hmm. have those kind of guys over Carson Palmer at this point. I would even prefer a Josh McCown at this point to Carson Palmer. Wow. There you go. JT going to get cut it right to the bone for you. Tate, you're up, and uh, Carolina played a team near and dear to your heart. Your Circle the Wagons team, Buffalo Bills. Go ahead, give it to us. Well, if there's a bright side to this game as a Bills fan, we our defense looks good. Um, offensively, struggled quite a bit against the Carolina defense. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, 12 carries, 9 yards. Tyrod Taylor led the led them in rushing with eight carries for 55 yards. And uh, McCoy did lead them in receiving with six catches for 34 yards. But overall, not much to talk about there on, on the offense. Um, mm-hmm. Zay Jones had a couple nice catches. He also had a drop at the end of the game. But keep an eye on him. Uh, he's looking up. They're trying to keep him positive with that tough drop at the end of the game. It was a little bit overthrown. He made a diving catch. Just missed it. But keep an eye on him for long term. And uh, Carolina... I mean, offensively, they seem to be struggling as well. Again, Buffalo's defense is a uh, top-tier defense so far this year. Uh, granted, it's been against the Jets and the Panthers, but still they're lead, leading the league, top three in the league in a number of categories, rushing, passing, points scored against, et cetera, as just, Jester uh, shared with us earlier before the show in the meeting. But uh, Cam Newton – Keep an eye on him. He's still got that uh, bounce back year this year. I still think he's going to come around and uh, do well. He was 20 for 32, 228 yards this week, but no touchdowns. And uh, another name that everybody's been watching is Tristan McCaffrey. Eight carries for 10 yards this week and four catches for 34 yards. Don't give up on him yet. Uh, He's a guy to keep an eye on with Greg Olson getting hurt, leaving, going on IR with a broken foot this week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Probably that guy, JT and Jester and myself were discussing earlier, probably a guy that's going to go out there and pick up the load in the receiving game as he's so versatile out there to line up as a running back receiver, run in the slot, et cetera. So keep an eye on McCaffrey. Yeah, I really, I I am big. As I said in the meeting, uh, I am pretty big on this going to be a, a little bit of a breakout party for McCaffrey. Uh, and definitely if it's a PPR thing, Go ahead. What? I think y'all are missing a name. I think y'all are missing a name. Don't forget Christian McCaffrey's brother from another mother, Curtis Samuel, in the slot. I think this is a guy you could see uh, take a little bit of those uh, some of those targets that would be intended for Olsen in the middle of the field, a guy that can nice. go vertical, a guy that can run small routes, take the ball with yak yardage. Uh, but this is a guy now that I think steps up. Curtis Samuel, a guy you may want to go take a look at uh, going forward. Nice, nice, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, that's a great name. Let me. I want to go back to Buffalo for a minute, okay? We real quick, Kate, Why? in about twenty, thirty seconds. No, because everybody hears Zay Jones, Zay Jones, Zay Jones, and you know you have to have another receiver out of your receiving core moving forward as the season progresses. Who do you see, Tate? Being the uh, the other end, that other bookend to Zay Jones. Well, if you're looking for just a guy to catch, to catch the ball, unfortunately I have to 
have to say you were kind of right with Charles Clay, and that's that's who Tyrod Taylor seems to be looking at. But as far as receivers go, Jordan yeah. Matthews, I'm hoping steps it up. But Andre Holmes is a guy to keep an eye on. He's made a couple good, ca- couple nice catches so far this year, and I think if he could, if he stays healthy, he was uh, banged up a little bit during part of the game this week. But uh, keep an eye on Andre Holmes. All right. I just wanted to see because I, I keep hearing Zay, 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 and you know you're not going to be able to hear a lot of Zay until you hear a lot of somebody else too on the other side pulling the coverage away. So well, I do. Uh, I, I am saying with Zay too. I'm saying he's more of a long term as well. Yeah. I, I like him this year, but I do think he's more of a dynasty league guy for from a fantasy perspective because I don't think the Bills are done building yet. Obviously, oh, yeah. with them trading Sammy Watkins this this year, Robert Woods leaving as a free agent, Marquise Goodwin leaving. And we'll talk about those guys later when we talk about tonight's game. But with with Zay Jones, it's more of a dynasty thing, long term, with what the Bills are going to do for the future in next year's draft and building going forward. But he's he's one of those guys. I see him as a building block that the Bills are building around him for the future. Okay. All right, nice, nice. Uh, JT, moving along, man. Miami and the Los well, Angeles Chargers. Something you, you nice. Look at you, week three, and you got Los Angeles. Uh, something you mentioned. Uh, I've seen some of your uh, some of your articles that you've written and some things you mentioned. Is there anyone any uh, more unlucky than Philip Rivers at this point? The guy should be sitting at two and zero this season, uh, but they cut Josh Lambeau. They bring in Young Hoku who couldn't kick it in the ocean if he was standing on the beach. Uh, 0-2 now for the Chargers. But Jay Cutler, let's talk about Jay Cutler, the lightning rod, doing his best Alex Smith imitation, 24 out of 33, 230 yards and a touchdown. Uh, first half, I liked how everything was underneath, underneath, underneath Jarvis Landry. I uh, believe 10 catches in the first half alone. And then first drive come out of the second half, he starts putting the ball down the field pushing the ball a little bit. Jay Ajayi, first 100-yard rusher versus San Diego since week 17 of 2015, or excuse me, against the Los Angeles Chargers, as you said. Flipping over to that side, Hunter Henry with a big bounce-back week. Seven targets, seven catches, 80 yards. Uh, Keenan Allen, nine for an even 100 yards. Melvin Gordon coming out of the backfield looking at th- only 13 yards uh, rushing, but he did put up 65 yards receiving, so a guy that if he does have an off day carrying the ball, you know that he's still going to catch the ball. So going forward, though, guys, we're in week three. It's time to start looking at Mike Williams on your roster. I've heard week four, week five is a possibility for this kid. Um, I think he can definitely add something to a dynamic offense if given the opportunity. Uh, What do you see him, a wide receiver three flex play kind of guy? Early on, I think he could finish the season as a mid to high wide receiver two. But early on, yeah, wide receiver three flex by week. Uh, let's see what he can do once he gets in there. We know Phillip Rivers can get people the ball, and he's not afraid to throw into coverage. So uh, he'll okay. get his opportunities. Nice. Nice. Great. Great. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Keep it oh, going. Oh, by the way, got yeah. to say real quick, congratulations to Antonio Gates becoming the NFL's all-time leading touchdown uh, holder at the tight end position. There's been some great ones over the years. So, Antonio Gates with that touchdown last week put him up top. Yeah, not now, if you notice, kind of kind of what you had said, too. You had said that at the beginning they're going to get him his touchdown and then, you know, probably go back to seeing a lot more Henry, a little less Gates. Right. And uh, sure enough, week two followed that. So, that was a, that was a really great call on that one. I, I have again, it's tough for each other to do that. Give each other the do. I understand <laughs> that, but hey, listen, that's okay. Uh, we've earned that respect. Uh, Jets, yes. Oakland, Tate, hit it. The Jets and Oakland. Well, the Jets are the Jets. Uh, if there's a bright side, the Jets. Jermaine Curse four catches, sixty-four yards, and two touchdowns. That's right, two touchdowns. The Jets scored this week. But Matt Forte, nine carries, 53 yards. And Bilal Powell is a guy a lot of people were high on, including myself, going into the season. Six carries for 13 yards. So it's big question mark there. What are they doing? But at the same time, it's the Jets' offense. So don't expect a whole lot from them going forward. On the other hand, the Raiders are looking like they're world beaters this year. Uh, Derek Carr. 230 yards and three touchdowns, all three of them to Michael Crabtree, 
who's really stepping it up here, being that veteran out there in Oakland, six six receptions, 80 yards. Uh, Derek Carr did touch it to nine different receivers this week. So interesting. Keep an eye on that. And uh, he's spreading it around quite a bit. A name for you to keep an eye on, though, too, obviously everybody knows Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch in the running game. But Jalen Richard this week went out six carries, 58 yards, and a touchdown. He's not going to get a bulk of the carries. It's still going to be Marshawn Lynch, who had 12 carries this week for 45 yards and a touchdown. But with, with the Raiders, if they keep putting up the score like this and running the score up, Jalen Richard is going to get those carries in the second half, and they'll they'll rest Marshawn Lynch after being retired for a couple years here. Jalen Richard is a guy maybe to stash, play as a uh, sneaky sneaky option on a bye week coverage or something like that going forward. Yeah, and that's the idea. You always look ahead, look ahead, look ahead. One of the stats, and that was good stuff right there. I, I like the idea about uh, with Jalen um, because you have to look forward, guys. Look, keep looking forward. What what might happen? How is a team going to develop? And even more so, okay, give a look at your schedule. Take a look at your playoff schedule. What matchups are you facing with certain players during that time and see where some of these guys that we're giving you, we're giving you gold as far as looking down the road and what's going to be coming. Now go see how that fits into your playoff schedule. Then you know who to go out and pick up. JT, keep it rolling. San Fran, Seattle, my man. Well, there's really only one person. This is uh, We're talking fantasy sports here. There's one person who's relevant at this point on the San Francisco 49ers. That's Carlos Hyde, 15 touches, or 15 carries, should I say, 124 yards, added 19 yards on three receptions. Uh, Brian Hoyer, under 100 yards passing. We'll get into San Francisco more as we talk later on about tonight's yeah. game. But what I want to talk about is actually having to give you props on the same show twice. A guy you've been singing about since all about week one or two of the preseason, and Chris Carson, uh, 20 carries, 93 yards, just a nice, steady, consistent four, five, six yards here or there. Just just pound the football. I really enjoyed watching him uh, run the football. Tyler Lockett looks like uh, he's starting to emerge again. Six for 64. Doug Baldwin, six for 44. You know, a lot of people thought Richardson was going to be the guy to, to run the number two. Two catches, 19, and a short touchdown. Uh, but going forward, I really think Tyler Lockett's a guy, if you look his rookie year, Russell Wilson loved him. He trusts this kid. He gets this kid the ball. And I think if Lockett proves he can stay healthy, I think his numbers are going to go up. Yeah. And he's really only owned in less than half the league. So Tyler Lockett needs to be a guy. But go get Chris Carson. If your league still has him available and you don't pick him up, you're beating yourself. Don't play bus. Don't play bus. Don't play bus is the best way to put it. Don't play bus. Uh, no, that, that's true. And uh, thanks. I appreciate it. That's twice in one show. But, you know, one thing, JT, I, I don't expect anything but, you know, you handling it with class and a lot better. Uh, some people can't handle the gesture being right a lot. Um, no. They throw little hissy fits. And, and you're, you're good at it. Uh, I, I like that. Thanks. I appreciate it. Tate, my man. Dallas, Denver. Well, what happened in this game? Dallas uh, defense was exposed. Uh, Trevor Simeon and the Broncos walked all over them, both rushing, passing, everything, you name it. Denver went to town in in Denver. But uh, I don't know, Dallas wants to blame it on the, uh, the mile high altitude, whatever. But uh, Dallas just didn't get going. Uh, Prescott struggled. He had two interceptions. Two touchdowns as well, 238 yards, 50 attempts, 30 for 50. But uh, they couldn't get anything going. The ru- the running game, Zeke had nine carries for eight yards. You, I don't know how you expect him to get going if you're only feeding him the ball nine times. But in those nine times that he did get the opportunity to rush, he didn't do anything with it. So why are you going to keep going? Uh, the old man, Jason Witten, stepped it up, 10 catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown bailing out uh, Prescott there with the dump-offs and, and the red zone target. But uh, C.J. Anderson, 25 carries, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. And then the guys that you you think of when you're thinking fantasy for Denver stepped it up this week. I don't expect this to be an every-week thing for Denver. 
I, th- I think they're just happened right place, right time this week. And we'll see what goes on forward. But uh, those guys are guys that are, are, everybody's drafted. Don't write them off yet, but keep an eye on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know what? There's some, so many people. Should I, should I trade Zeke? Should I trade Zeke? Uh, no, don't trade Zeke. Shut up. He'll be fine. He, you know what? And he came out. Now, it's going to be interesting. I like this. You know, I reached out to Jeff Cross, friend of the show, former Miami Dolphin guys, and um, I asked him to come on the show. And this is the question I want to ask him. Uh, when he does, uh, he, we're also going to have Troy Drayton on. A couple of good guests are coming up, guys. Pay attention to that when we announce it. Um, but one of the things I want to ask him is, Ezekiel Elliott just did come out and say, yes, I, I, kind, of, uh, I kind of gave up. I kind of didn't give my 100. And uh, I wonder how that's received in a locker room as somebody who stood up for what he did wrong or is it looked down upon as, hey, you're supposed to be one of the young leaders of this team. And uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, JT, when you look at this also, and real quick, I want to ask you about the Denver situation. Are you sold at quarterback? Are you sold on Simeon? Yeah, Simeon looked good last year. Uh, you know, game manager, I think this year he stepped up a little bit above game manager. Is a guy? Is he a guy that I want to have against the New England or, you know, somebody of that nature that would, if I have to trade touchdowns with Tom Brady, do I feel comfortable with him doing that? No, but I think he's a right. step above a game manager. More or less where Alex Smith is at this point, a guy that you can stick in your fantasy lineup and win some football games. The guy really doesn't make mistakes. He uses his legs well, and uh, he finds the open receiver. Smart kid. So uh, going forward, yeah, I'm sold on Okay, now conversely, on the other side, Tate, Dallas, is Prescott this bad? Are we starting to see true colors, or was this just a bad game, a speed bump in the road? Personally, I think this was just a speed bump in the road. I think it's growing pains. Uh, Everybody talks about that sophomore slump type of thing. I don't think it's going to be a long-term sophomore slump, but I think with Zeke struggling this week, uh, put more pressure on Dak and playing from behind. It's not something they had to do a whole lot last year. And I I think it was just a one-week bump in the road type of thing. I think he is as good as he was last year, um, just a matter of some little growing pains here and there. All right, there you go. Nice. Guys, there are people out there panicking. So, you know, got to go ahead and address both situations. Uh, Too high on one, not high enough on the other. Moving ahead, Washington, Rams, JT. I know we've got one of them tonight, so go ahead. Give us uh, give us this breakdown. Yeah, let's look at the Redskins side of the ball. Kirk Cousins, efficient, 18 out of 27, 179 in the touchdown. Uh, Kelly had a nice game going before the injury. Chris Thompson, two touchdowns, 77 yards, but I think that's more of a uh, one-game thing. I don't expect to see that from him often. We got to see Samaje Perrine get 21 touches, 67 yards. Controlled the clock there uh, late in the game. You know, that four-minute drill seemed to do a really good job. I like the way he secured the ball as Gruden came out with the comments earlier in the week saying we don't forget fumbles. Uh, nice game from him. Terrell Pryor, case of the drops. We have people standing on the cliff. Oh, my God, Terrell Pryor screwed my season. He's terrible. He's this, he's that. The guy caught 1,000 yards in Cleveland last year. He needs a little time to get with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a guy that has to develop a trust with you before he really starts feeding you the football. So as you go forward, buy low on Terrell Pryor because you'll be happy towards the end of the year when the guy's putting up consistently 90 to 100 yards a game. Uh, flip the ball over to the Rams side. Yeah, nice. Hot early. We're starting, to, we're starting to see the guy that we saw early in his rookie year, 16 for 88 in a touchdown. He's also added the receiving part to his game, 3 for 48 in a touchdown. The guy that people are sleeping mm-hmm. on in this offense is Gerald Everett. Three catches, 95 yards. He's If you want to think what kind of tight end is this kid, picture Delaney Walker, 6'3", 6'3 248 pounds, can run like the wind, uh, and has a knack for finding a hole in the zone. When they play a zone against this kid, he finds a hole, and then he makes his yard death of the catch. So uh, Gerald Everett's the guy that needs to be added in a lot more leagues than he found in. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah and you're right. It is uh, – it, it relax on cousins folks 
relax on Cousins, relax on Pryor by low. And yeah, um, at tight end, he's going to be, he's, he, he's a star emerging. You got to, he's a, he's a good keeper league, uh, kind of depending on how many keepers you're going to yeah. have. Somebody that down the road is going to, you know, remember, he's going to grow with golf. I mean, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Tate, go ahead. Do your Giants in Detroit. Have fun. Okay, Giants, Detroit. Well, Odell Beckham, I'll start with that. Four catches, 36 yards. I'm not saying to get rid of him yet. Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. He is not 100% yet. Give him his time. Let him get healthy. I was messing with Jester before the show and this past week before this game saying Beckham's out there playing hurt. He's a decoy. And Jester didn't want to listen, but at the same time, that's his team. I understand. But anyways, Odell Beckham, don't sell him yet. He will come around, give him time, let him get healthy. On the other hand, Evan Ingram stepped up, four catches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. This game was all about the tight ends in the receiving game. Eric Ebron on the the Lions, five catches, 42 yards, leading leading them in receiving, and a touchdown. Uh, Amir Abdullah for the Lions led the way, 17 carries, 86 yards. Somebody, obviously, he's going to be on somebody's team in your league, but Theo Riddick, nine carries for 20 yards. Again, I know he's been talked about by us in previous shows. Keep an eye on him. Abdullah doesn't, hasn't seemed to be able to keep the load an entire season yet. So Theo Riddick, somebody to have on your roster in uh, the Giants rushing game, Shane Vereen led him with six, six carries for 28 yards. But uh, the word is Orleans Darqua who had three carries for 17 yards this week. They're, they're saying that uh, Darkwell may get the uh, lead running back going forward after this week. So check that out. Keep him if you haven't got him on your team yet. If he's available in your league, Orleans Darkwell. You know, uh, he was somebody that uh, last year I had talked about is uh, Darkwell, and all of a sudden they just went away from him, and he had a high – high rate of success, and then they just started going away from him. And uh, I've also mentioned about Goldman uh, because they just the kind of running style that they're going to uh, have with the Giants and this idiot. Um, so it really is a mess in Giant land. As far as uh, Odell, I got bad. Listen, you get bad tells. See, you know, you're watching poker and you watch everybody's tell. What happened was is Odell's mom wasn't at the first game, and she usually is. So that kind of let you know that he wasn't going to play. She was at, I got intel that she was at that game. And so I just assumed mama wouldn't be coming just for him to play decoy. So uh, that was a good call on your part, no doubt, no doubt. Um, JT, wrap it up on the last week's games, Green Bay, Atlanta, well, it's obvious that Atlanta learned nothing from the Super Bowl second-half debacle against the Patriots because yet they did it again on Sunday Night Football. Got out there, got to a big lead the first half on Green Bay and stopped doing what they did the first half in the second half, and that score became awful close as the game went along. So uh, Atlanta learned from your mistakes. Fantasy-wise, Aaron Rodgers had a great game. Ty Montgomery carried the ball 10 for 35 in a touchdown. That's low-end RB2 numbers. Uh, the thing for me to watch is Jordy Nelson hurt in this game, Radel Cobb hurt in this game. So keep your eye on that injury report because Geronimo Allison could be a nice pickup for this week. Uh, if, if Cobb and Nelson are to miss time this week, Allison will start next to Devontae Adams in that receiving core. And with Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football, you know you're going to get your opportunity. So Geronimo Allison on that side of the ball. Flip side, everybody cool down. I know Hooper only had two for seven coming off the 140-yard week one game. Julio at 108, 95% of that in the first half. Atlanta just ran the football in the second half. Devontae Freeman, 84 yards, two touchdowns. And Coleman proving again, 42 yards rushing, another touchdown receiving. It's a guy that you can play as a a backup running back that you can play on a weekly basis as a flex or a running back too. Uh, I don't see that changing going forward. Mohamed Sanu, not enough people have this guy in their roster. Five catches, 85 yards a great run blocker. He's not going to leave the field. And Julio Jones, let's face it, he's drawn double coverage. 
the guy should be singled up all night long. So Mohamed Sanu should be a guy you add if you need help the wide receiver position. Nice. Nice. And the only thing is, yeah, keep an eye on that Allison thing because the last I heard on that is uh, that Jordy is going to play, Cobb isn't. So it's something to go ahead. It's a and that's a groin situation. injury, though. That's a groin injury, too. Ooh. So you never know how that happens in warm-ups. So I agree with you. Definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's quad, quadriceps, isn't it, with Jordy? Yeah, quad, quad and groin, according to uh, Mike McCarthy oh, after okay. the game Sunday night. Gotcha, gotcha. Good, yeah. No, it's something to keep an eye on. Good stuff. Let's get into it, guys. This is why we're here. We're getting you all set for tonight's game, Rams 49ers. I'm sure by the time we're done with it, we will make it sound more sexy than the game will actually be. <laughs> but don't forget, join us on Saturday, Fantasy Jester Show, 8 p.m. Eastern, as we go ahead and break down each and every game for the week, get you ready for it. We'll also be talking a little bit of hockey this week, season two weeks away. Who do we have? Who's the jester given? You, all you know, I love my hockey. Who am I going to give? Tune in Saturday night. Guys, let's go ahead and hit it. We're going to break it down, folks, for you. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to give people take a look at the running back situation for tonight. JT and Tate are going to go ahead and break down the other areas of the game. Tate's going to be taking the wide receiver and tight ends. We'll wrap it up, JT, on the quarterbacks. Right now, let's be honest. Gurley looks starting to look like Gurley used to look just like JT mentioned earlier in the show. 16 of uh, 88 touchdown, 3 of 4 for 48 yards a touchdown, so 136 total. Last week's loss, certainly not his fault. You know, right now, look behind him, okay, because uh, just in case you want to keep an eye on a guy, Justin Davis, undrafted rookie, 4.1 a carry during the preseason. This is going to be his chance now behind Gurley to go ahead because Malcolm Brown's going to be out. You take a look at Davis, see what he can do because between Malcolm Brown and Davis, they're both auditioning to see who's going to be there as the backup. Remember, Lance Dunbar also comes back. Guys you want to keep if you're in a deeper league and you like going to play those cuffs, you want to pay attention to that running back uh, situation there. But Gurley looking like Gurley. Moving ahead, Hyde is what I said he'd be. Hyde is a guy that started out four years ago, 4.0. Next year, 4.1. Last year, 4.6. All on a crappy team that was throwing at least the second half more times than not. This year, getting seven yards a carry. All right, remember, college, no less than 5.2 a carry in college. Guy's 26 years old. They talk about he's highly injured. Highly injured my ass, and that's about the most polite way I can put it. Three years, 14 games one year, 13 games another. Now, maybe he was a little bit ding those games, and on a shit team, really didn't, they didn't need him those games, or he didn't want to really push it those games. He only had one bad season where he missed half the season, seven games. So don't give up on Hyde so fast. But deeper leagues, Keep an eye on the guy that is coming up, Matt Breida. He really does have some good moves. He's an electric kind of guy, 4.3 speed. A lot of people aren't familiar with him. Smaller school guy. Came out of Georgia Southern, okay? But the first week, saw four carries, 11 yards. Last week, four carries, 35 yards, even saw one reception. They're starting to get him used to it. One thing. Matt Breida led the nation at 8.2 a carry. A lot of people don't know that because he was out of a small school, and there's that small school bias. But let me explain something to you about 8.2 a carry. It is brought on by 4.39. 4.39 plays in a small school, it plays in a big school, and it plays on my front lawn. 4.3 is 4.3, folks. Keep an eye on them. Go ahead, Tate, break down. Give me some wide receivers and tight end information on tonight's game. Who are we watching? Who are we keeping an eye on? 
Well, I'll try and keep it short and sweet here. Uh, 49ers, not a whole lot on the passing on the uh, passing receiving front. They've got a total of 255 yards receiving and no touchdowns on the year. They've only scored 12 points and they've all been field goals. So uh, Pierre Garcon is leading them with nine receptions, 107 yards. He's their number one guy. Marquise Goodwin is their number number three guy with Carlos Hyde being number two. But uh, Marquise Goodwin, six catches for 47 yards. That's their one and two receiver. Goodwin's always been somebody I've liked being in Buffalo. He just hasn't stayed healthy. If he can stay healthy, he's got some potential to do something, but not in this offense, not with this team. Uh, George Kittle is their uh, number one tight end. He's got seven receptions for eight on eight targets and uh, 40 yards. He's their number four receiver. If that gives you any indication, he's the number four receiver on the team with uh, Goodwin, Hyde, and Garcon being one, two, and three. And he's got 40 yards. So not a whole lot there on offense to keep an eye on, but those are the guys to keep an eye on if you are looking to that team for the 49ers receivers mm-hmm. and tight ends. On the Rams, Tavon Austin is listed as their number one receiver. He's got a total of three targets this year, one reception, seven yards. He's basically become a punt returner with the additions of uh, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, both from Buffalo. Uh, Watkins' knock is uh, he can't stay healthy either. He's played 16 games his rookie year, 13 and eight the last two. He's got seven receptions on seven targets for 88 yards this year. And uh, their leading receiver, though, is Cooper Cup, seven seven receptions on 12 targets for 109 yards and a touchdown. So keep an eye on them. Gerald Everett is their t- tight end. He's listed as number two, but he's their number one receiver this year. Four targets, four receptions, 134 yards. He did have a 69-yard catch, but uh, keep an eye on him. JT talked about him a little bit earlier. Keep an eye on him. If he's out there, grab him. And Robert Woods, last, last one I'll mention, four receptions, 61 yards. If you're looking at receivers on these teams, the guys to look at is Cooper Cup and Gerald Everett. Sammy Watkins is a guy, maybe long term, he'll he'll come around if he can stay healthy. But right now, it's it looks like Cooper Cup is the guy to have on uh, the Rams. Nice, nice, great stuff, folks. I mean, we're giving you who to look for, who to watch. JT, continue it on, man. Give us that exciting yeah, let's, quarterback. Let's stuff. talk forty. Well, let's talk about these quarterbacks. Brian Hoyer, 2015, the guy had you know, nine starts, 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions. It was the last time the guy was relevant, let's be real. Going, going forward this year, no touchdowns through two games, uh, you know, 200-plus yards, nothing you want. Stay away from this. Now, granted, he's played Carolina, the number one defense in yards uh, against at 196, and he's played Buffalo, who's also ranked in the, in the top 10-15 in defense. Or, excuse me, Seattle, who's 15th in defense. Here's what I'm looking at. Golf's numbers are, are – stay away from golf right now. His numbers are a farce, okay? Yes, they look good. 66% completions, 530 yards, two touchdowns. But they were against Indianapolis, who's the 28th-ranked defense, Washington, who's 26th. San Fran is 10th. The team they're playing tonight has a good defense. So I'm staying away from both of these quarterbacks tonight. Golf has a much brighter future going forward. You've heard about the weapons he has. San Francisco is all about Carlos Hyde. It's always been about Carlos' side, at least over the last few years. It's going to stay that way. So uh, my advice to you, avoid both of these quarterbacks tonight going forward. Um, keep an eye on golf. I think golf is someone that you can start to look at as the season goes along. But tonight, he's not somebody that I'm playing. Nice. Nice. Good stuff. Close it out, man. Give us a close well, out. I don't to listen to. Hey, where, where to go? Listen. We'll be here Saturday night. We've got the Fantasy Jester Show. We will cover all this week's games going forward. We will tell you who you want to play, who you don't want to play, and why you do want to or not want to play that person. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, the Fantasy Jester Show. Myself, of course, the Fantasy Jester. What kind of show would it be without the guy that the, you know, the show's named after? And hopefully, as he mentioned earlier, we get to give you a little bit of hockey. Coming along, guys. Those preseason games are firing up. We've got basketball coming up. And we're just getting into the NFL season, not to mention MLB playoffs right around the corner. Nice, nice. Good stuff, guys. Everyone, JT told you where to be Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us. Great job, Tate, as always. JT, as always. We're bringing it to you each and every Thursday. We are the Gridiron Guys. 
Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. I'm out. Opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted.